0: to the news on rthk the palestinian prime minister has called for an international investigation into the fatal shooting of a teenage girl by israeli soldiers in the occupied west bank mohammed shteya accused israel of killing 16 year old jana Sakarna in cold blood she was shot in the head as she stood on the roof of her house israel says that there's a high probability that it was an accident Pro-democracy protesters in Iran are reeling from another of their number being executed in public. Majid Raza Ranavard was convicted of killing two pro-government militiamen and hanged from a crane in the city of Mashhad. An exiled rights group said a bogus confession was forced out of him. He's been denied a proper burial. Mahmoud amiri Magadan, the spokesman for the Norwegian NGO Iran Human Rights, said he was concerned executions could rise.
1: We might be facing mass executions because those ruling Iran right now, they have been involved in mass execution of uh, protesters and political prisoners in the 80s. They know how to do it. They are capable of doing it. And if reactions are not strong enough, they might be doing it again.
0: Top EU officials and MEPs have said it's vital that the bloc take a tougher anti-corruption line after a scandal emerged involving alleged payments to lawmakers by Qatar. Ursula von der Leyen is the president of the European Commission.
2: For us, it is very critical to have not only strong rules, but the same rules also covering all the European institutions and not to allow for any kind of exemptions. So it's a matter of transparency. It's a matter of very clear rules.
0: The bloc's foreign policy chief called the accusations very grave while national ministers demanded a full investigation into the suspected payments. A Greek MEP, Eva Kaili, has been arrested in Belgium. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Cheers, Andrew. (laughs)
3: Well, good morning. It's Tuesday the 13th of December and this is James Ross. Uh, In the headlines, investors around the world are awaiting the outcome of the Federal Open Market Committee meetings today and tomorrow and will announce tomorrow changes to the Fed funds rate. Uh, The Fed raised interest rates by 75 basis points at its last four meetings as it seeks to rein in inflation. Forbes reporting that it's almost a done deal that the Fed will raise rates by 50 basis points this week. Goldman Sachs says Hong Kong, Thailand and Singapore will likely be the biggest beneficiaries as China drops its covid restrictions and reopens its economy, driving up demand for imports and overseas travel. Hong Kong could see an estimated 7.6 percent boost to its GDP as exports and tourism income climbs. Thailand up 2.9 percent and Singapore 1.2 percent, they say. EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen is calling for an EU-wide ethics body after the Qatar corruption claims over the weekend. And she says the allegations of payments to EU lawmakers are of the utmost concern. Brussels must set up a body to uphold rules on integrity and ethics, she says. Her comments come as leading ministers from across the bloc say the scandal raised questions about the credibility of the EU. Bloomberg reporting that a flood of Russian crude is heading to Asia after the EU ban kicked in. Almost 90% of Russia's seaborne crude headed to Asia last week. Russia has now all but ceased to be a supplier of crude oil to the EU, which banned imports of Russian crude by sea as of December the 5th. Now it seems a flotilla of tankers are steaming around the continent and through the Suez Canal to deliver to India and China. Twitter's paid for verification feature is rolling out again as of yesterday. It was paused last month after being swamped by impersonators. It's still 8 US dollars a month, but there's now an increased fee of 11 US dollars for those using the Twitter app on Apple devices. Twitter's owner Elon Musk has previously said in tweets that he resents the commission fee that Apple charges on in-app purchases. And Bloomberg reporting that Richard Lee is weighing investing around $200 million in his insurance company, FWD, as part of a funding round, people familiar with the matter say. Uh, Such an investment would help support the insurer's growth plans ahead of a long-awaited Hong Kong initial public offering, which could take place as soon as 2023, they say. Well, we'll be joined on the show today by James Wong, Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at lead Securities, and Frederick Chu, Managing Director at Magnum Research. And with a view from Japan is John Bern, uh, Vice Chair of Research at the Asian Development Bank. Well, don't forget, if you have any questions for our guests, you can email us at moneytalk at rthk.hk, text us on 63935925, or our Facebook page, moneytalk.com. On radio on RTHK Radio Three and on Twitter we're at Money Talk Radio Three. Money Talk on RTHK Radio Three. Well, let's take a quick look at the markets and starting on Wall Street, where U.S. stocks rose overnight, lifted in parts by gains by Microsoft and Pfizer as investors readied for the policy announcement from the Federal Reserve tomorrow and the release of inflation data later today. Uh, Microsoft rose almost 3% after its deal to buy a 4% stake in the London Stock Exchange Group, helped to boost each of the three major indices. Uh, The Dow rose 1.58 percent to 34,005. The S&P 500 up 1.43 percent to 3,990, and the Nasdaq adding 1.26 percent to 11,143. Consumer inflation data out later today, expected to show that prices in the U.S. increased by 7.3 percent in November on an annual basis, uh, slowing from the 7.7 percent rise in the previous month. European stock markets ended lower as investors also looked ahead to the Fed announcement and Thursday's monetary policy decisions from the ECB, the Bank of England, and the Swiss National Bank. The pan-European stocks 600 closed down 0.4%, with mining stocks losing 1.6% to lead losses, with only oil and gas stocks making gains. France's CAC 40, the UK's FTSE 100, and Germany's DAX all shedding around 0.4%. Hong Kong stocks finished Monday with big losses as a forecast beating read on US factory gate inflation dented hopes for a more dovish turn by the Fed. The Hang Seng Index sank 2.2% or 437 points to 19,463. The Shanghai Composite down 0.9% to 3,179. The Shenzhen Composite losing 0.7% to 2,061. Japanese stocks lower as losses in the mining, chemical, petroleum and plastic and transport sectors led the market down. At the close in Tokyo, the Nikkei 225 falling 0.21% to 27,842. In commodities, Brent crude currently up 2.73% at $78.18 a barrel. Copper down 2% at $380.05 a pound. Spot gold almost unchanged at $1,781.41 an ounce. The US 10-year bond currently showing a yield of 3.61%, and in currencies... Currently, the euro buying $1.05, the US dollar standing at 137.66 Japanese yen. The pound buying 9.54 Hong Kong dollars at the moment, the yuan standing at 6.98 against the US dollar, and Bitcoin currently trading at 17,170 US dollar. Uh, Looking at the ASX 200, uh, currently it's at $7,206.80. Well, time to say a very good morning uh, to our guests. And uh, they are James Wong, Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Leeds Securities and Frederick Chu, Managing Director at Magnum Research. Uh, Good morning, gentlemen. Hi morning, James. Uh, nice to have you on the the show. And obviously, there's a lot of focus on the Fed decision, uh, which is likely to come out um, tomorrow. Uh, what are you what are you seeing in the markets, James? How are you how are you seeing that uh, decision going to go?
2: Uh, yeah, I think there is uh, some uh, new uh, feedback from the Fed whisperer uh, saying there is a split FOMC. Some insists uh, the, uh, the the inflation. Is coming to an end. Is peaking. Others think it takes. It sticks to the same narrative, thinking uh, the uh, the uh, rate decision is going to be higher for longer, as always. But uh, there is some. There was some uh, strange movement in the markets yesterday. About 3 p.m. Eastern time, we see the market moves up. Basically, there was a panic bidding without any uh, significant news uh, outflows. So I think there might be uh somebody already knew the CPI, how the CPI was gonna be looking at. It. And uh I think JP caught out a CPI was gonna be six point nine percent year over year. So that was a big decline form uh from what people were expecting. I still think the uh, market is kind of uh overlooking or underestimating the uh the uh determination that Fed has on uh, sticking with the longer for a higher for longer policy st- stance and uh, i I just don 't think the uh, given how the financial conditions that the u s is in right now, the fed is going to be loosening up or pausing or pivoting anytime soon, so I think the consensus still holds uh, four point seven five to five percent rates uh, until march uh, two thousand twenty three and it 's going to be there. Until the rest of the 2023, like uh, right. at least until November 2023.
3: Frederick, is that a view uh, you agree with? Um, Forbes saying that uh, it's almost a done deal that uh, the Fed will raise rates by uh, 50 basis points. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I think it would be uh, meaningful to watch uh, how CPI comes up tonight. Um, if it's somewhere below seven percent, that kind of enhances the, uh, the the markets. Projections towards uh, you know another fifty plus fifty next year, um, uh, but I do agree with James that you know I I just don't think that you know the you know, the, uh, the policymaker in US is ready to uh, you know uh, loosening the the um, the monetary stance even after you know one hundred uh, basis points uh, uh, next next fab. Um, uh, I, I think the you know I think I think most likely uh, 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 the uh, the the rate will be you know how uh, flat at, the, at this level before it can come down anywhere because if we're looking at um, the uh, the inflation, it's still far away from you no, know, not not to mention two percent, but even even three um, uh, percent.
3: Whatever decision the Fed uh, takes uh, tomorrow, do you think that's likely to be reflected almost immediately the same by the ECB and the Bank of England?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, I think the major uh, the the G8 or G20 countries are trying to catch up on, with each other in terms of rate differentials. And uh, whenever we see a country kind of uh, loosening its policy stance, like what Australia did, uh, it, we we saw a big uh, movement, downward movement in their currencies. So I don't think that's the thing that a lot of these countries want to see in terms of their forex uh, policies. So I, I I think yes, if the uh, United States is sticking with a 50-point uh, rate hike. Uh, I think we're going to see that in ECB as well, but uh, not, that, not still not exactly sure about uh, Australia because when, when we saw the pattern that NAB <coughs> uh, moved its rates, we can we can saw that it's largely associated with the uh, uh, salary improvements over the year, and uh, the, we, we, we can see that among G20. United States still having the highest uh, highest year-over-year uh, year change of salary, and uh, it's uh, coming down a little bit, but uh, not as much uh, pressure in terms of salary in the in uh, the ECB or in uh, the in England. So, so that's uh, probably one of the small differences that they might have in terms of making policy decisions.
3: Mm. Um, oil, and st- uh, oil and gas stocks are rising in Europe um, as we hear Bloomberg reporting that a flood of Russian crude heading to Asia after the EU ban kicked in. Almost 90% of uh, Russia's seaborne crude headed to Asia last week as uh, Russia ceases to be a supplier of crude oil to the EU. Frederick, you know, are you seeing that uh, you know, the oil and gas and energy is still d- driving the market?
4: Yeah, I think uh, Asia, it's probably uh, mainly China will be driving the markets. If you're looking at China uh, on the zero-COVID policies, obviously it's slowly being loosening up and we anticipate... You know, some kind of a uh, uh, com- well, not not really complete open, but you know, gradual open to um, uh, to back to normalcy. Back, you know, uh, starting next year, and which means that uh, two things that the uh, policymaker will 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 be uh, you know very um, emphasised on. A, you know, uh, one one obviously being the uh, property market, but the other one it's definitely going to be uh, consumption. Um, so that is going to drive uh, you know uh, uh, a demand on the on on oil and gas and, and and energy
3: what do you think on that uh, one james
2: uh, yeah i think we've seen some uh, uh messy or chaotic improvements over the past two weeks in terms of uh losing up loosening up the uh, the zero policy but we're getting there i think uh it's gonna probably take us about uh three months or more to get there because uh, we right now we're in the in winter and uh it's not really a favorable season to be loosening up and uh we we heard from a lot of our friends in mainland China uh, major cities cbd areas uh they were basically empty for the moment because people were scared that they are going to caught covid if they uh, just step out of the door but i think this is going to improve in a term uh, in a matter of seasons uh, quarters probably one or two quarters and when the uh uh, the temperatures start to rise and when people uh, are more comfortable with uh, going out, and the, the economy is going to come back and the demand for oil from China is going to come back. And I personally don't think the price cap for Russian oil is going to work. It never worked. Um, $60 per barrel is, is okay. But Russia, uh, apart from uh, going through some intermediary countries, they can always think of a lot of ways to export oils. Uh, for example, uh, bundle them with with services, with solutions, or even with lab reports. Uh, And uh, I think the price cap is now going to make a significant impact on oil price going forward.
3: Uh, just sticking with um, Covid restrictions being lifted uh, in the mainland, uh, Goldman Sachs saying that uh, Hong Kong could be one of the, the biggest beneficiaries um, with our economy uh, being boosted by 7.6 uh, percent uh, as exports and tourism, um, you know, rise. Uh, Frederick, is that uh, is that something that you see on the local market? Is that going to help us here in Hong Kong?
4: Um in terms of uh the you know china opening up I, I think more more beneficial it's for people who wants to travel to china um that would you know they they scrap, they scrap uh, the uh, the uh, strict quarantine rules um i think for hong kong uh, we still have to be more relying on uh, people coming in uh, if we if we talk about you know um supporting the uh, the consumer market Uh, right now i think what we are facing the dilemma it's uh, on the on the three-day yellow code which uh, really blocked the interest for people who want to come in hong kong um, uh, but then we scrapped the quarantines for coming back, so you know we, we all we got is people going traveling out. Um, but I th- I think it's you know it, there'll be a grace period uh, uh, for for Hong Kong and China to get uh, completely open, like 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 what um, James has just mentioned. I mean you know it, it's going to go through you know s- some kind of um, uh, uh, bumpy timing when when many people start to get COVID and then they got recover, so on and so forth. Just like uh, what Hong Kong has came through uh, in in March, um, but then sooner or later, when when this uh, when this been uh, stabilised, then I think um, eventually, when more tourists is is, is uh, you know allowed to come to Hong Kong back to normal, then we will be uh, benefited eventually.
3: James, are you uh, are you confident in uh, Hong Kong, uh, you know, rising uh, on the back of those uh, COVID restrictions being uh, re- reduced in China?
2: Yes, I am. But it's just just a, a, a matter of time. Uh like uh Frederick said, we are playing catching up in terms of losing up COVID zero policies. Uh even in, in we we've all heard the news that the three biggest telecommunication uh, companies uh in China are deleting those uh those apps and the data uh, relating with the tracking of uh COVID uh, COVID, covid uh cases. And here in Hong Kong, we still have the uh, Stay Home Safe uh, app active. Yeah, I
3: working. guess I guess we're we're all yeah. wondering whether that's going to be deleted, so mm-hmm. not, aren't
2: we? E- exactly, exactly. I, I I'm not exactly sure why this is still actively working. I I don't think the government officials are giving us a reasonable explanation because even in mainland China, these apps won't work uh, are not working anymore, and the data are being scrapped. So in here, I think it's the time for the policymakers, uh, the, the local policymakers, to play catch up with the policy improvements here going on in mainland China. I think it's going to take them a
4: little time, but we're going to get there.
3: Yes, yeah, so it seems like we're suddenly moving very slowly compared to everybody else, aren't we? Yeah,
4: yeah I think one of the, uh, you know, the idea for the Hong Kong government is try not to uh, overtake the, um,
3: the essential government. Mm, yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully we'll see some uh, changes on that uh, in uh, the very near future. Well, thank you very much. Uh, James Wong, Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Lead Securities and Frederick Chu, Managing Director at Magnum Research. Money talk on very good morning this is money talk uh with james ross in this week it is 23 minutes past eight o'clock and we're going to turn now to uh japan for our view from tokyo and uh, we're going to be joined on the line by john bern who is vice chair of the asian development bank institute Uh, john good morning to you
1: Good morning, James.
3: How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Nice to have you on the show, and uh, you know, good to get a view uh, from uh, Japan as we regularly do on uh, this program. Um, I guess one of the things that you know uh, has been a focus in Japan over the last, uh, well, many months, I suppose, has been the uh, depreciation against the uh, the dollar. You know, they're currently the Jap- uh, Japanese yen trading at around 137 to the dollar, um, which is a big change from you know a year or so ago. Uh, how are you seeing that? And, and, and you know, what does it mean going forward?
1: Yes, I mean, it's a very good question. I think um, the yen, as you know, has been depreciating quite steadily throughout 2022, reaching its weakest point in Octo- on October 20th at around 150 uh, to the dollar. Since then, um, the trend depreciation has reverted somewhat. As you say, it's uh, currently at around one three seven. And this is largely due to, I would say, external factors. So um, I think the fundamental reason for the the yen depreciation over the course of the year has been the interest rate differential between the U.S. and Japan. Now, looking ahead, there are some expectations that the U.S. uh, Federal Reserve will not be as aggressive in its tightening cycle. And this is leading to a narrowing in this interest rate differential between Japan and the U.S. And therefore, it's supporting uh, the strength of the yen. As well as that, of course, as you know, uh, tourism has opened up in Japan um, with a relaxation of the COVID restrictions on, on the borders um, in October. And this has helped somewhat uh, as regards the yen strength. But the, the, main, the main reason would be the external factor uh, with, the, with the U.S. Uh, monetary policy.
3: Have you seen a, a big rise on the streets in tourism so far in Tokyo?
1: Well, I would say it's quite limited at the moment. And the reason for that is we still see um, the zero COVID policy still in place in China. Now, until China opens up, we would not observe the huge uh, numbers in tourism that we had observed before the pandemic. And that's the reason why um, the exchange rate effect from tourism is still uh, quite limited. Um, There are, of course, increases in tourism numbers, but I don't think it's at the level that would um, really revert the the exchange rate effects that we had observed uh, during the course of the year.
3: Now, manufacturing and uh, com- consumer confidence in Japan continue to be down uh, during uh, November. Um, you know, are, what are we What are we seeing there? Are we seeing any chance of a revival? Is, is it flat? Is it likely to uh, increase uh, in uh, 2023?
1: Well, again, it's a very good question. Um, I think, as you know, inflation has been uh, picking up in Japan uh, during this year because of the external price pressures that we have observed um, throughout the course of the year, particularly in food and energy. And this uh, has led to a decline in consumer confidence because, of course, these increases in prices are not matched by wage increases. So this is something that is being looked at um, going forward, specifically um, on how developments would uh, materialise as regards wages. On the, on the PMI side, so in terms of manufacturing, there still remains a lot of concern um, on the export side in particular. Because, of course, even though the exchange rate has depreciated, external demand remains re- very weak. So this makes it difficult for uh, exporters. There's also the exchange rate effect, which is having uh, a lot of uncertainty, even though it has reverted somewhat uh, during the course of November. There's a lot of uncertainty there, and this affects uh, business planning going forward, and therefore it has affected the PMI index.
3: Uh, one of the things we're hearing is that uh, Japan's considering raising uh, taxes, um, you know, to fund perhaps to fund some defence spending, corporate taxes, tobacco taxes, perhaps going up. Um, you know, that's coming out of uh, the Prime Minister and the LDP. Uh, you know, is that realistic to put taxes up at this point? Do you think?
1: Well, um, I think defence spending has come onto the agenda with rises in geopolitical concerns, as, as we're all aware. Um, how to pay for those um, increases in spending is something that needs to be considered. Um, for example, there can be um, reductions in other parts of expenditure, but ultimately there would have to be some uh, tax component to that, so some increase in tax somewhere. It cannot be really on consumers because they're already hit quite hard um, with the inflation in combination with the lack of uh, movement on, on wages, so, as well as to amplify consumer confidence, uh, which is in negative territory. Um, so I think that w- what they're looking at or what, what has been proposed is at least um, some hit on, on the corporate side, because profitability has been decent, certainly, if one takes into account overseas earnings, which converted back into yen, implies a a large degree of uh, profitability. But, I mean, I think there's a real problem with just taxing the corporate side because this would, again, push back any um, momentum towards achieving wage rise, which would be necessary over the longer term. And, um, you know, I think there there are serious concerns there because, of course, you know, if the corporate side was heavily taxed, it would be less uh, incentivized to to pass through the the wage wage rises that are... are, um, under consideration at the moment.
3: Well, we uh, await what happens with interest on that front. And uh, thank you, John John Byrne, uh, Vice Chair of the Asian Development Bank, uh, for your view from Japan this morning. And also thank you very much to James Wong, Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Lead Securities, and Frederick Chu, Managing Director at Magnum Research, uh, our guests earlier in the show. As we round off this edition of Money Talk, take a look at the ASX 200, currently uh, standing at 7,225. That's 0.62% higher. Okay, let's take a look at the weather. Cloudy with one or two light rain patches. Rather cool this morning and tonight. A so maximum temperature around 17 degrees during the day. Moderate to fresh northerly winds. Occasionally strong offshore at first. The outlook rather cool with a few rain patches in the next couple of days. Winds strengthening from the north and it will become cold appreciably uh, during the weekend. Uh, Currently 15 Celsius, uh, that's 60% relative humidity at the observatory. Up next, we'll have back chat with Jim Gould and Ada Wong. I'll see you tomorrow for Money Talk at
0: 8.30. And now with the news headlines, here's Andrew. The Secretary for Security, Chris Tang, says the government will make use of whatever means possible to correct Google's search results after the Internet giant refused to make sure that March of the Volunteers comes up as Hong Kong's national anthem. He quoted Google as saying it couldn't change the top results on its search engine because they're based on an algorithm. Mr. Tang said he found the explanation both unacceptable and unbelievable, adding that the search engine results hurt the feelings of Hong Kong people we've
1: made representation with Google for the national anthem to be put on top but this was rejected and what they say is that this is a part of the algorithm it's not for them to uh, to decide it's all down to algorithm but as we all know if you pay for advertising they would put the advertisement at a pretty high level if Google were to say that there is nothing they can do about it. And this is uh, really mind-boggling. And this is uh, not acceptable to the people of Hong
4: Kong.
0: Police have arrested three men on suspicion of unlawful imprisonment and possessing imitation firearms. Officials said they received intelligence that a man was being held in a room at a motel on Temple Street over a debt of around $300,000. The police entered the room to save the victim and seized around 100 grams of suspected cannabis in the process. A man convicted of killing two pro-government militiamen in Iran has been hanged from a crane in the city of Mashhad. An exiled rights group claims a false confession was forced out of Majid Reza Ranavard. Mahmoud Amiri Moghadam, the spokesman for the Norwegian NGO Iran Human Rights, said he was concerned executions could rise.
1: We might be facing mass executions Because those ruling Iran right now, they have been involved in mass execution of uh, protesters and political prisoners in the 80s. They know how to do it. They are capable of doing it. And if reactions are not strong enough, they might be doing it again.
0: The Palestinian prime minister has called for an international investigation into the fatal shooting of a teenage girl by Israeli soldiers in the occupied West Bank. Mohamed Shtaia accused Israel of killing 16-year-old Jana Zakarna in cold blood. She was shot in the head as she stood on the roof of her house. Israel says there's a high probability that it was an accident. Brazil's president-elect, Luiz Inacio Lula da Silva, has been officially certified as the winner of October's tightly contested election. In an emotional speech at a ceremony at the Electoral Commission headquarters, he said democracy had won in spite of attempts by the far-right President Jair Bolsonaro to discredit the electoral system. Here's the BBC's Katie Watson.
3: Lula had only just started speaking when he choked back tears, remembering that 20 years ago, standing in the very same ceremony, Brazilians had just voted in their first president without a university degree. As he gathered himself, people stood up and clapped, chanting his name. Lula went on, I know how much this cost me, and the Brazilian people, waiting for democracy to return to this country, referring to his victory after four years under far-right Jair Bolsonaro.
0: The president of the European Parliament says the institution is coming under attack after a scandal emerged involving alleged payments to lawmakers by Qatar. Addressing the chamber in Strasbourg, Roberta Mazzola said the Assembly would be launching an internal investigation over the corruption allegations. We will
3: launch an internal investigation to look at all the facts related to the Parliament and to look at how our systems can become yet more watertight there will be no business as usual. We will launch a reform process to see who has access to our premises, how these
0: organisations, NGOs and people are funded, what links with